Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Yes, once again, it is FOMO Friday, where we love to bring you all of the news that you need to know, especially if you're just tired of the propaganda media and you're not watching them anymore. We want to make sure that you don't have that fear of missing out uh, by bringing you all the different articles that you need to know. And for this week's FOMO Friday, we bring you nothing but good news. Yes, sometimes we get bogged down in all of the, the terrible things that are going on and the, the things that just uh, are, are disappointing and, and just, you know, you know the, the, the heaviness that sometimes can come with watching the news. Well, we're going to bring you nothing but good news today. Really good things that are happening and, and we want to bring them uh, to you uh, and 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 show you that you know what not everything is bad out there. <laughs> on on Monday's podcast, we covered both your personal and company wide ESG scores. Now these are scores. If you, if you didn't listen to the podcast, these scores track how environmentally extreme you are, how closely you align with BLM, and how anti-capitalistic you are. So in other words, it tracks how woke you are. So it can then be used to maybe deny you services, erase the the costs of things that you want to buy, um, all because you're not woke. Uh, We even covered how you can calculate your ESG score because everybody has one uh, and how companies are using their ESG score to raise your power rates as well. Well, Texas is taking the lead in investigating these companies following this this UN and Davos-led movement. Lawmakers in Texas scheduled a hearing for next week with asset management companies over alleged mismanagement of taxpayer dollars given their ideological motives. The Texas Senate Committee on State Affairs requested documents from BlackRock, from Vanguard, from State Street, and uh, institutional shareholder services um, relevant to the firm's uh, promotion of the environmental, social, and governance um, movement, also known as ESG, four months ago. Hearings will begin on December 15th in the city of Marshall, Texas. Quote, the committee needs these documents to uncover the extent to which these firms have been playing politics using Texans' hard-earned money. This is a quote from State Senator Brian Hughes. Uh, He's uh, a, a Republican there in Texas. And he said in a statement, quote, next week we will hold a hearing where each firm will appear and give account to the people of Texas. Now, officials recently warned BlackRock that efforts related to the company's promotion of causes such as emissions and uh, reduction and and uh, they, they violate state laws mandating a sole focus on financial returns, among other fiduciaries. Now, Texas also announced 
that BlackRock and nine other firms had broken the law by refusing to deal with companies involved in the production and use of fossil fuels without an ordinary business purpose. Now, Hughes added that some firms have produced more documents than others, noting that BlackRock in particular has refused to provide documents it considers internal and confidential. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. (laughs) And that, of course, led to these lawmakers issuing a subpoena to them. Quote, we will not allow these firms to continue to use Texans' money to to force a narrow political agenda. They have a legal duty to put their investors' interests first, and we intend to make sure they do. So the subpoena emphasized BlackRock's support of global climate initiatives such as the Net Zero Banking Allowance and the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero, which are intended to use any part of the financial system to reduce or eliminate greenhouse gas emissions or otherwise pursue environmental goals. That's what they state. Now, BlackRock has taken voting action on climate issues against dozens of its portfolio companies. According, This is according to an investment stewardship report published two years ago, prompting state-level officials across the country to note that such activism may work against their economies and raise nationwide energy prices. A number of Republican state governors and governments have recently pulled funds from prominent asset managers uh, uh, over concerns that the companies voting priorities constitute a drift away from the sole uh, pursuit of maximum returns. In addition to uh, divestments from uh, South Carolina, Louisiana, Missouri, uh, West Virginia, and Utah, the state of Florida announced plans last week to remove $2 billion from BlackRock by the beginning of next year. As the, as the moves from conservative state poli- policymakers and broader concerns from uh, marketplace make headlines, BlackRock CEO Fink recently announced that institutional clients would be able to vote their own shares rather than allow the company to act as a proxy. <laughs> oh, there's suddenly some changes being made. We this is this is uh, his quote. It says we are uh, are witnessing a reckoning of these asset management firms that have until recently thought they could take hardworking American money and use it to drive their uh, progressive agenda. This is this is actually from a, a consumer research executive director. His name is Will uh, Hild, and he remarked in a statement provided to the Daily Wire. He says, "Quote: This action from Texas will uncover much." of what these firms have tried to hide. Their agenda is driven by politics, not profits. At the federal level, however, the Department of Labor introduced measures to undo a ban on ESG investments, uh, previously instituted by former President Donald Trump. The agency uh, published a final rule last month that Uh, reflected a directive from President Joe Biden to safeguard the economy from climate-related financial risk that may threaten the life savings and and pensions of American uh, workers and families. Fiduciaries will be permitted to consider the economic effects of climate change and other ESG considerations 
as long as such factors are salient within risk and return analysis. So what's happening here is, well, you may be saying, first of all, that these are private companies. They They can invest in whatever they want to invest in. But here's the difference. You see, these are fiduciaries uh, they they are supposed to have the number one thing in mind as profits for the people that they represent, their clients. Okay. Um, They, they are, their sole focus for investing their client's money is what is best for that client's financial health. That's the number one thing. That's what makes them a fiduciary. Now, making other concerns like climate change and other political considerations is outside of what a financial fiduciary is allowed to do. So to say, well, you know, we, we are so concerned uh, with these different investments that they're, that they're, they're, um, uh, they're not carbon zero or whatever, you know, they're, they're hurting the environment or they they don't align themselves with Black Lives Matter or whatever. And when you start taking those into consideration and not and putting those considerations above what that particular investment is paying to their client, well, that is where they're going wrong. And it looks like all of this attention that they're getting is having a real impact. Vanguard will no longer participate in the net zero asset manage, uh, managers initiative as lawmakers and the broader marketplace scrutinize the company's support of the environmental, social, and governance movement, also, of course, known as ESG. Now, signatories of the Net Zero Asset Managers Initiative promise to move portfolio companies closer to eliminating net carbon emissions by 2050 or sooner. Vanguard will withdraw from the initiative to provide the clarity our investors desire about the role of index funds and about how we think about material risks, including climate-related risks. This was according to their statement. So again, doing a 180, which is not a bad thing. This This is a good thing. The move occurred hours after officials in the state of Texas, like we just talked about, announced a hearing over asset managers uh, purported mismanagement of taxpayer dollars given by ideological uh, ideological motives. Now, last week, multiple attorney generals filed motions with the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission seeking to prevent Vanguard from uh, purchasing shares in publicly traded utilities out of a concern that the company's climate efforts would raise energy prices and decrease grid reliability of course it would now this is this is a quote quote vanguard realized the entire business model could be at stake if they didn't stop um, coordinating with other members to drive up energy costs again this is a quote from that uh, consumer research executive director will hilb whose organization also filed a motion with uh with the agency and remarked in, in a statement, quote, we've struck a serious blow to the anti-consumer ESG agenda, and we're going to keep fighting until these asset managers and banks get back to fulfilling their fiduciary uh, duties and stop playing politics with other people's money. 
There there exists evidence of a broader market backlash against asset managers' uh, leverage of of proxy voting and um, to to, to advance uh, exclusive um, preferred social and political views. So, I mean, that's what's happening here is that is that these banks and these money managers, they are taking all these other things into consideration rather than the profits, which is what they're hired to do and what they're supposed to be doing. And an exclusive poll from the Daily Wire showed earlier this year that 64% of respondents believe individual investors whose savings are being invested should decide whether retirement and pension funds are allocated according to ESG standards, while only 20% believe that Wall Street asset managers should make such decisions. So obviously, the, the, uh, you know, these, the, if, I mean, if you have money with one of these guys, if you have money with Vanguard, if you have money with, with BlackRock, you know, all, all these different ones, uh, State Street, I mean, you, you, um, you need to be looking into what they're investing in because obviously they have other priorities than what is best for you. Uh, as the debate over the ESG movement continues to make headlines, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink announced last month uh, that uh, institutional clients would be able to vote their own shares rather than allow the company to act as a proxy. It's clear there are investors who don't want to sit on the sidelines, he said. And so obviously, again, they're trying to soft sell this, but that, but, but all of this attention on the ESG movement and, and these guys in the, in the net zero asset manager, um, managers initiative, uh, it, it's, it's definitely working here. This is excellent news. Now, despite its um, disassociation with the net zero management initiative, Vanguard affirmed that the move will not affect our commitment to helping our investors navigate the risks that climate change can pose uh, to uh, to their long-term returns. The company manages $7 trillion in assets. Again, they're a big, big company. Quote, climate change and ongoing global response will have far-reaching economic consequences for companies, financial markets, and investors, presenting a clear example of a material and, and multifaceted financial risk. This is a statement that they put out. So, so Vanguard is already backtracking from this ESG position. And why is this the case? I mean, why do you think that BlackRock is, is starting to pull back? Why do you think Vanguard has done a 180 here? I mean, why do you think that this is the case? Because you are holding them accountable and you're hitting them where it hurts. You're hitting them monetarily. I mean, these, these lawmakers, like in Texas and, and, and so forth, in, in Florida and, that, and, and whatnot, they, I mean, that, that's a lot of money that these firms are, are losing. Yes, they're big firms, and we're talking $7 trillion in assets just from Vanguard alone. But when you start losing money, that does not look good for you as a CEO, right? So suddenly they're not so interested in being a part of the ESG position. Now, they, they're still going to go in that direction. They, they, we're going to have to hold them uh, you know, accountable all along the way. They're still going to, you know, they, they just not, might not be so uh, out front about it. But, you know, speaking of money, though, there may be some money coming 
Virginia to Virginia companies that were fined because of the COVID restrictions. Did you hear about this? Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, he issued an executive order on Tuesday directing his state's agency to report fines and uh, suspensions related to COVID. Isn't this kind of interesting? Youngkin announced that he will end all future fines related to uh, coronavirus restrictions in his budget plan later this month, which will include a reimbursement process for those who paid unjust fees. Quote, I am today requiring a statewide review of COVID-19 regulated penalties imposed by the Northam administration. The fact that businesses are still dealing with COVID-19 related penalties and fines is infuriating. Livelihoods are on the line, Youngkin said. This is in a press release. In the previous administration, we saw our government shut down businesses, close our schools, and separate us from each other. While we cannot undo the damage done during the North administration, we are taking action going forward to end COVID-era draconian overreach. You see, the the order will include some um, exemptions to proposed uh, reimbursement efforts. The incidences related to like hospitals and nursing homes and certified uh, nursing facilities, hospices, or or assisted living facilities are excluded from this this announcement. But the governor's announcement comes just days after the uh, Fredericksburg area restaurant called Gourmelts was raided by authorities over pandemic violations. Yes, this just just happened, not not more than just a little bit ago. And owner Matt Strickland, a military veteran now running uh, for the Virginia Senate, spoke out. Uh, in a Facebook video regarding the raid. Strickland's frustration resonated with many across the state and and, um, and nation even, uh, who are wondering why state businesses are being investigated over COVID restrictions when Virginia is led by a conservative governor and a lieutenant governor and an attorney general and so forth. And state Senator Amanda Chase, who's a Republican in Virginia, was uh, among those who spoke out on Strickland's behalf. She said, Quote, here is the current situation going on at Gourmelts. The owners are obviously upset. Keep these patriots and this veteran-owned business in your prayers. Flood this business to show we won't stand for unconstitutional mandates, she tweeted. Virginia's Attorney General, Jason Morales, um, what, what has, has worked to roll back several COVID-related restrictions in, in, within the state, and in January, he was one of 27 state attorney generals to call on the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, of course, OSHA, to withdraw its COVID vaccine mandate for large employers. Now, Morales uh, also uh, issued a legal opinion in January that public universities cannot mandate COVID-19 vaccines for students. Quote, there is no question that the General Assembly could enact a statute requiring the COVID-19 vaccine for in-person school attendance, he wrote. Despite the the freedom-focused rulings, however, businesses in the state that violated COVID restrictions have not yet adequately been assisted. During 2020, Virginia businesses in violation of COVID policies could face a penalty up to $30,000. 
$13,000 per violation and accrued fines of up to $130,000. Many businesses were forced to, to close or limit operations during the pandemic, while an unknown number of workers cho uh, chose to lose their jobs rather than comply with the COVID vaccine mandates. And we've talked about that, that on, on this podcast, how, how many people uh, gave up uh, all kinds of things because they didn't want to uh, be a part of the vaccine mandates. Uh, and and this is something that that every state should should consider doing. I mean, these businesses um, and, and and even individuals were harmed because of the way that our government responded to the COVID pandemic. Many many businesses went out of business, and many people lost their jobs and and, and even careers over these draconian uh, regulations and mandates. Now now we see that they did the right thing. I mean, time is is telling the truth here. Not only did they stand up for all of their constitutional rights, but in light of what we are continuing to learn about the virus and, and the and the so-called vaccine, they made the right choices. They were the ones that did the right thing in the face of losing their livelihoods. Now it is time to help them where we can, especially in the areas of reimbursing them for the wrongful fines that were handed out. And one of the things that has been a hot topic in, a, in, in recent years has been how libraries deal with inappropriate material uh, and, and programs within their library systems. Many libraries make the, the false claims that conservatives want to ban books, right? We want to just ban those books and burn them in a the fire, right? <laughs> and, and, and even, you know, taking on these, the, the, all the different materials, we want to ban all this, all anything that has, has, it has, uh, it doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with the Bible. We, we, we want the libraries to be full of Bibles and that's it, right? Well, in reality, this is not true in, in, in almost any case. What conservatives want is age-appropriate material in the right areas of the library. Drag Queen Story Hour is, is not age-appropriate for kids. Books about changing someone's gender is not appropriate for children. And now a Houston-area city approved a resolution that seems to restrict books with graphic content intended for minors in, the, in, in its public library. So again, we have some great news. The City Council of League City, Texas, voted 4-3 to three on Tuesday to set up rules by which books and other materials could be banned if they were determined to have, get this, ob, um, obscenity or other harmful content. So if they have that, then then obviously the, uh, the, 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 the ban on those being within... Um, uh, minors, uh, reach of minors, uh, would be uh, would be outlawed. As reported by ABC 13, the resolution aims to block the use of taxpayer money for buying and displaying or stocking books for people under 18 that address pedophilia, incest, rape, and bondage, as well as those intended for readers below the age of 10 that talk about or show sex, nudity, sexual preference, or related topics. That seems pretty common sense to me, doesn't it to you? The council voted in favor of a committee to oversee the library board and create procedures to challenge a book. 
local reports said dozens of people spoke during the uh, the public comment portion of of the meeting and many protested the resolution among the issues raised were concerns about government overreach and the resolution's impact on the gay community quote they're lumping the lgbtq plus community in with rapists and pedophiles and i find that highly offensive and shameful said roy green he's a gay man and a local resident texas leads all other states in the nation with the most books banned in in schools uh claimed uh, and and this was a claim uh, by a recent an- analysis by pen america now such restrictions have led to legal action um and and uh and people arguing their first amendment rights uh were being violated but when it comes to league city and it's uh helen hall library mayor nick long argued that the procedures being put in place are reasonable uh, in the end this resolution will fix a lot of issues it it will allow citizens to have their voices heard and it will ensure that no books or material is banned and put parents in charge of their children's reading so again it's not banning books here it's making those books age appropriate so in other words we're not going to put books about changing one's gender in the children's section and so so again the library has the material they have uh the ability to have these programs and things but they have to be age appropriate and that's the way to go about this now parents still have a lot of sway and and this next story just proves it a virginia school board fired its superintendent tuesday night more than a year after daily wire released uh that he uh, revealed that he lied about the rape of a female student in a girl's bathroom even as he uh, pushed for controversial transgender bathroom policy and one day after a special grand jury co- uh, collaborated its findings this is awesome news i mean there, there's a little bit of, of uh thing behind it let me let me explain the loudon county school board voted unanimously to sack Scott Ziegler without cause, meaning that according to his contract, he will actually get a golden parachute, which is worth $350,000, according to Allowed Now, which noted that the board had given Ziegler a $28,000 raise in July. Um, that's kind of the, 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 the bad news part of it. But the good news is he's, he's fired over this. Um, and that's despite a grand jury finding that Uh, At a meeting a month after the rape in which uh, board members uh, debated a policy that would allow transgender students to use the bathroom of their choice, Ziegler dismissed safety concerns. He said, to my knowledge, we don't have any record of assault uh, occurring in our restrooms. Um, He said that despite knowing that, that, that earlier... Uh, just just a few weeks earlier, a skirt-wearing boy had been accused of raping a, a girl in a high school bathroom. He later went on to actually molest uh, another one in a, in a different school because all he was was just transferred to another school. Uh, the school system com- communication arm, which the grand jury revealed, ordered the staff to take no action in response to the Daily Wire's uh, story. Similarly, did not return a request. You know, they didn't, didn't, they didn't, they didn't want to talk about this firing. Uh, the, the Daily Wire had also requested a copy of Ziegler's employment contract, uh, and they're not really wanting to hand that over either. Um, 
The uh, after the grand jury report was released Monday, a statement attributed to school board chair Jeff Morris and vice chair uh, Ian Sarotikin uh, said they were pleased that the grand jury uh, has not um, indicted anyone, even though the report painted a devastating picture and found that without this ordeal, LCPS. Uh, administrators were uh, looking out for their own in- interests instead of the interests of the LCPS. Um, <laughs> so, in other words, they're 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 happy uh, that that no one was indicted, even though some really terrible things uh, went on here. I mean this this is just this is just ridiculous. Uh, on on May twenty second uh, of of last year, a male student wearing a skirt, as you may remember, only raped a nine grade ninth grade girl. In the, in the girls' bathroom at Stonebridge High School. Uh, shortly before the high school uh, board uh, was to vote on the transgender bathroom policy, uh, the, the school did not disclose that, th- that the incident uh, happened publicly, nor a second s- s- sexual assault committed in a classroom by the same predator uh, happened on October 6th. Uh, and then, of course, you, if you'll remember, uh, the, uh, the father of, of the Nine, uh, ninth grader that was uh, that was raped. He came to the school board. His name is Scott Smith, and he came to the school board, uh, and he wanted to talk about um, you know what what went on here, and 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 the fact that they were uh, thinking of of uh, um, changing this policy to where anybody could use the bathrooms. And of course, he was arrested, and he was taken out, and it was a big big ordeal that eventually uh, actually probably helped Yunkin uh, gain the governorship there. Um, but anyway, uh, all in all, uh, good things happened. Why? Because the superintendent was fired and it was fired over this. And, and so, um, make that be a lesson that, that we, you just can't hide this kind of stuff. You have to have the kid's interest at, at, at the foremost, uh, of all your decision-making. Uh, and, and you may, you may agree with that and you may disagree with that. And I, I would love to hear your point of view on this. Of course, you can always go to UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.